Greetings one and all, wherever you are in the universe, and welcome to the latest episode of Expresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges to booze, and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. It's time for you to settle in, grab a drink. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we'll be talking about mental health and well-being in the workplace and in life. We live in stressful times with the cost of living crisis, people coming to terms with life after the pandemic, climate change, all sorts of stresses that can throw us off our balance. The number of people suffering from mental health issues is increasing and affecting young and old alike. And the old saying goes, that prevention is the best cure. So who better to talk to about this than Kirsty Birch, the founder of Work It Well, who provides well-being, mental health and performance coaching. She is on a mission to raise awareness of mental health and wellness in the workplace with her no BS and straight talking workshops <laughs> and coaching. <laughs> so without further ado, let's dive in. Awesome to have you, Kirsty. How you doing? Oh, no, I'm, I'm very well. Ask yourself. Yeah, yeah, very well, very well. Thank you. So could you tell us a little bit about how how you got into this journey? Well, for me, it was um, a bit of a transition myself over the last couple of years. I was an accountant previously. I don't know if many of your listeners will notice if they follow me, they may. But yeah, it was, I've been an accountant in that industry for about 20 years. Went into the coaching side of things just because, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed working with others to help build their own businesses as well. And then the well-being side kind of found me, shall I say. I really enjoy the mindset side of um, with coaching and yeah, mental health obviously makes you think, feel and behave also in a different way. So it obviously pulled me in that direction. But yeah, the last sort of year, it's definitely more, I've transitioned more into that arena now. And um, yeah, like I said to you earlier, my purpose has changed now. It's totally changed, shifted in a, in a different way. And um, yeah, I get to use my voice for all, all the good things now. Lovely, lovely. One of those things that you're doing is um, an initiative called Mental May. Because mm -hmm. um, this month, uh, for anyone out there that's not aware of this, is Mental Health Awareness Month. So could you tell us a little bit about this initiative and what you're hoping to achieve through it? Yeah, of course. So Mental May for me was, it's obviously, like you said, Mental Health Awareness Month. I want to be able to create as much awareness around this subject, as much um, encourage those conversations, should I say, just so we can get rid of the stigma. I've, a lot of people that I work with, everyone that I seem to talk to has a different perspective when it comes down to mental health. And I think a lot of it is the um, people don't have a, the right awareness around it. The language that's obviously um, people apply to it, the behaviour that we all assume that somebody is behaving a certain way, so they've got a certain you know issue. Yeah, I want to change that. I want to get into the workplaces and I want to... Um, yeah, talk to as many as I can, which is why corporates for me is a is a good opportunity. Ash, you get to deliver that message, don't you, to many, many people. But for mental mates, it's all about, yeah, let's encourage each other to speak a little bit more, talk a little bit more, and um, not have no judgment attached to it. Love it. Love it. When, when you say language, some of the language people are using mm. at the moment that you're wanting to kind of shift away from, could you give some examples of that? Yeah, of course. So, like, I, I don't know about yourself, but I know for myself growing up, 
I think it was obviously a different era then. A lot of people that would use the word crazy or mental or, you know, not the full ticket kind of thing. There's a lot of people who have different ways that they always assumed or associated with mental health. Mental health is not that at all. Like we all have mental health. We all, um, it's how we manage our mental health that identifies whether it's poor, poorly managed or whether, you know, you're in a, a, a good space. So, yeah, it's, the language that is applied is um, something I want to kick out because I think this is what stops people from talking. People don't want to have that stigma attached where where people are assuming they can't perform very well at their jobs because they're struggling. Rather than saying something like struggling, they're saying that they're um, they're crazy, so they can't do their job very well. That's that's yeah, that's not what I'm about. I want to change that. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. when I was growing up, when I first came across anxiety in in my own life, I was like, I'm going crazy. Mm. And then you try and hide it because you don't want people to judge you or think you are going crazy which then turns into a vicious 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 cycle because you're trying to suppress that so and i know a lot of people now are caught are speaking up and they're saying look i suffer from anxiety i have anxiety attacks i'm anxious and we live in an anxious world and so in terms of that you know what what are the dangers if you're trying to suppress that you're trying to put a mask on well, the thing is that the dangers you end up having, Ash, is that it escalates into something more. You know, some people that suffer, no one needs to suffer alone, you know, and that's yeah. the thing that I want to point out is that there's always someone who will listen to you. It's just um majority of the time we stop ourselves from talking because we assume there isn't anybody, but there is always someone out there, I promise you. But, yeah, anxiety, I suffer with anxiety. I still do now. I'm probably one of the most confident people you'll meet, you know, but yeah. I still struggle with certain situations and I think it's um something that's in me even if I suppress it Ash you'll see it on me physically I come out in physical rashes yep. so you can't even hide that anymore but how do I deal with it yeah I, I, I just deal with it mate it's not going to go away it gets easier so there's mm. certain things that I can certain tools and stuff that I do and techniques for especially my breathing that really helps me but it's identifying them triggers mate once you identify the triggers, you can actually do something about it, but suppressing it doesn't help anyone. I've had things where it's actually stress and anxiety have caused me to have IBS. They've caused me to have other certain physical, mm -hmm. medical problems now where because I don't show it on the outside, I seem to suppress it on the inside and it Im impacts me in that way. So it's not good, mate, but no one wants to lead it to depression. No one wants to lead to, you know, having poor mental health for the sake of just speaking out to say somebody that, I'm having a bit of a moment here. Can you give me five minutes or, you know, just taking a little bit of time to breathe. It's not a, you don't have to make it as um, a bigger thing as it needs to be sometimes. And I think that's us humans are good at doing that. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think, well, I mean, just that physiological response, isn't it? When an anxiety kicks in, if you're oh, not fight, have fight, that awareness, yeah. you know, it's scary. And, and, and you've got the fight and flight and it's, it's like you've had about 20 cups of espresso, or at least that's how it is for me. And oh, it's crap, mate. Your heart's pumping. Like it's yeah. constant. Like, and, you, and it's not easy to pull yourself out of that. Mm. You know that as well as I do is I've probably only ever had anxiety attack. I reckon probably a good, just a handful of times, you know, that I've, but enough that I remember them, like full on, that caused me to have like panic attacks then. Um, other than that, I suffer with, if I would just get, I'm a speaker and if I get up to speak, I still have it. Yeah. But after a minute or two, I'm, I'm okay and I can run with it better. 
like yeah. you yourself probably doing this and coming out into the world and doing a podcast must have had a bit of you must have been quite anxious about doing that oh absolutely i get nerves anytime i do a live anytime i meet a new client um i used to do it when i was a teacher anytime i'd meet a new group of students i'd be nervous as hell before i went in there and you know your mind starts thinking what's going to go wrong what could go on and then and obviously that you know if your mind's going out elicit yeah, a fight on. or flight response yeah you're spot on and I, I think it's having that awareness though and that's the really important thing because i think when you know that you've got an awareness around that you can start like you just mentioned the breathing mm. um you can start asking yourself questions like okay what around here what in this situation is going to kill me? And sometimes you have to be quite real like that with yourself, don't you? You have to kind of put it into a different perspective to make you appreciate that actually it's not as bad as what I think it is and, you know, you're going to learn from this. This is all what I tell myself is literally like, okay, whatever happens in this situation, I'm going to take an experience. This experience is going to make me have a lesson, whatever the weather. And I'll tell you what, I think just... um. I just live for the moment now. I really do. I live in that moment where I take it as it comes. And I know that's quite hard for some people to do, but I literally deal with what I can control and I don't worry too much about what I can't. And it just reduces it a little bit. Well, it grounds you, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it puts you, like I said, it's that present moment, mate. It really puts it into perspective because I think the amount of times I panic over things that have never even happened... Or I stress everything, but what a waste of my time and energy. It's no, no good, is it? It's not good for me and it's probably not good for those around me. So, um, yeah, I had to change it up. I had to shift it. Yeah, that's a powerful shift. Again, it's just that, that shift in that narrative can really diffuse the power. Mm -hmm. And you could sense it coming up or whatever, and then you've got the breathing. or, or there's, there's loads of different techniques, and I'm sure we can get, get into some of those in a little bit. But just one, one of the things that... I know that you're working on one of the big kind of driving forces in the work that you do is raising that awareness. And you said about stigma. So I know for a fact, and, I, and lots of conversations I've had in the past, people have been reluctant to say, look, I've got depression. I'm on antidepressants. I suffer from anxiety. Um, I've got whatever other mental health issues are going on. They don't want to admit that to their boss or something because question marks might be placed upon them so you end up people either don't say it and that results in what absenteeism poor performance yeah, productivity that's, 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 issues yeah. yeah that's that's they're the, they're the things that it leads to isn't it yeah it really is mental health is something that obviously needs to be spoken more about it's yeah. heading in that direction, but it needs to be spoken more about. I think the cost of living crisis we're going through doesn't help the situation. No. We've just had a pandemic. We've just come out of a pandemic now. Obviously, everybody's heightened in mm -hmm. regards to um, being more anxious now, being more depressed. You know, there's a lot more mental health issues going on in the world. But can you imagine going into work? And this is the thing that I try and explain to a lot of employees. The reason people don't talk to you is because, for one, they're worried about their job. They're worried about their job because of their income. They're worried about their incomes. They've got family to provide. Every single thing has a knock-on effect, and it hits every corner of your well-being, like your financial, mm -hmm. your social, your emotional, and your mental health, you know? So if you go into work and feel like you're not supported enough and you can't talk to your boss and say, look, I'm struggling a bit, 
is there any kind of help or support I can have or a little bit of, you know, working that's a flexible so I can, you know, take a little bit of time out. They're not going to do that, mate, if they're not going to feel supported. I can tell you that now. Because if you walk into an office and you've got somebody that is supportive and is going to listen to you, some people just need someone to just listen to them. And then it can kind of help a situation massively. Some people are not at the stage of depression yet. They're at the stage where they've got poor mental health. Mm -hmm. Now, depression from what the UK government, obviously, or the the medicals, you know, doctors always say that after a couple of weeks of feeling a low mood that you, you know, experiencing depression. That's, you know, that's obviously what they label sometimes. Some people don't like the word depression being labeled to them. They feel Mm -hmm. like they're proud. Yeah. They're feeling that they're going to be judged on their performance. Mm -hmm. And... Like I said, if you walk into work and feel like all those things, do you think somebody's going to open up to any kind of manager when knowing in they're not supported? Because straight away it's going to be like, okay, you're not performing at your job very well or we're feeling like you're struggling, so we're going to have to, uh, you know, not offer you promotions in the future and we're not offering – do you see what I mean? It kind of Oh, totally. And I think a little bit of gentle encouragement – having workshops, having people come in and speak to you, having mental health first aid, making sure that everybody's aware of the fact that this is okay to have these conversations and that it is pretty normal when there is one in four people, they suggest, that suffer with, with mental health. Oh, for sure. And I think for there's sure. more than that, Ash. Let's be fair. I, I would say so. Half the people I know have all had experienced mental health issues. Oh, yeah. Just say, for example, on the male side of things, you know, all the charities around that are saying this is probably on the conservative side, mm. you know, in their statistics with the guys. It, it's improving, but again, it's it's not something that was ever really encouraged. It's like, no, got to be a man, got to be brave, got to be strong and all of that stuff. And everybody and has this, up... um, like they have this, and this is a, a, a mindset thing, isn't it? This is a limited yeah. belief that a lot of people have attached to it where they assume they have to act in a certain way. Sure. To- they can't show their weakness. They can't show their vulnerabilities. But when you see these stats, and this is something that I don't think people really, really think about. When you see these stats, these are only stats on people that have come forward and spoken yeah. about this. There is a hell of a lot of people that have never, ever spoken to anybody. So if you took everybody into consideration for that, and if you actually really was honest about it, I think those stats would be off the scale, mate, because... Like I said, everybody I know that has, I couldn't tell you anybody I know that has never experienced poor mental health. And that's down to anxiety, stress at work, that's burnout, that's stress. Even those things, they are impact our mental health. We're not talking just full on depression here or suicidal. We're talking things that are just everyday life that cause us to be stressed. This is mental health. And this is where I think people don't relate to it. They think that it's got to be at the far end of the scale to be labelled as you have poor mental health. No, it doesn't. Well, it's more nuanced, isn't it, than that? And I think that's the danger, isn't it, when you start labelling things. It's like, well, you're depressed. And I'm like, well, there's there's so many different levels of, of depression. On a personal level, I'm an extremely high-functioning dep- person with depression, you know. But it's there, there are others that I know, literally, when they get into those spots, they ain't doing nothing. But it's really, really nuanced. And I think that's one of the challenges as well. And again, I think that comes back to the language, the really raising awareness of like, okay, so I'm anxious. I'm, I've got anxiety. I'm stressed. I've got this. I've got that. It's, it all comes from different places and obviously needs different personalized support as well. Of course. Yeah. And then this is, this is it. It's not, 
there's no embarrassment of getting that support, but how do you be signposted to this? Some people don't feel comfortable talking to their doctor. Yeah. Okay, so how else is it, you know, especially in the workplace, how else could you guide somebody to feel and signpost them to the right support? Some people don't feel like a, a employer's assistant plan is the right thing for them. They don't feel like they're getting the right support there. I mean, having it in place is obviously something which is brilliant, but like I said, some people just want to talk to someone. Yeah. Have a mental health first aid to actually sit there and listen to you. And they're not pr skilled professionals. They're not doctors. They are mental health first aiders. The whole point is, is to prevent loss of life, you know. So if you can sit there and speak to somebody and identify that they're in a crisis from having those conversations, well, straight away there's an opportunity there to reach out to them and, and you know, offer to get them help, you know. If you don't mm. have those conversations, how are you ever going to know if somebody's suffering or not? Because people get good at hiding it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's a, it's being confident enough, isn't it, to sit down, have a conversation with somebody, not push somebody on it, let them talk. You know, active listening is a massive thing, but also listen non-judgmentally. Yeah. And I think this is what this world probably needs a little bit of a more dose of is that don't judge people. That's one thing I'll be honest with you, I've learned over the years and probably from my own experience growing up myself is that, you never know somebody's story, man. You never know what's triggered this. You never know what's gone on previously. Yeah. And you, majority of times you can't relate to that. So, you sure. know, people are not sitting there and expecting you to say, oh, I know what you've been through. They don't care about that. They, what you need to concentrate on at that moment is just listening to the person and their issues. And that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have an opinion on it, you know? Because I think there's that. For some people, because for some people they're uncomfortable in this mm -hmm. situation or it's their nature, you know, there's there's often that it's like, okay, brilliant, you talk, wow, have you done this? Have you tried this? If you should do that, you could do this, you could do that. And you end up with all this advice and you're like, <laughs> it's overwhelmed, mate. Yeah, exactly. When you've got somebody who's already struggling as it is, do you think they want to be bombarded with loads of ideas? Do you not think they've probably already fought them anyway? It's just at the point, at the moment, they're not ready for that yet. Yeah. So you don't have to do those things. It's just about supporting in the right way, you know, making sure that they're okay and they're not going to cause themselves any harm. You know, just listening, just listening, active listening is massively, and reassuring people as well sometimes. You don't have sure. to reassure them that, you know, it's uh, everything's going to be okay because you can't promise that. And mm -hmm. unfortunately in this world you can't save everybody. And this is something that, especially as a, as a mental health first aider, you do have to take that on board because, um, now, if you're a kind human, you want to help as many people as you can. It's, yep. You know, but unfortunately, you, you have to help yourself first. So you can't help everyone if you've, um, yeah, you can't take that. How can I put it? You can't feel bad for that all the time, Ashley. You can only do what you can. Yes. And this is what I think it needs to be just promoted a little bit more. If we all did that little bit more, that little bit, you know, extra, it'd go a long way. It really would. All those little things, if enough people are doing them, it creates a tipping point. And then more people are talking about it, then people learn about there's more awareness, the education increases, there's solutions. Because I think the the one thing that I, and this was certainly my mindset when I was younger, and I don't know really know where this came from, but it felt like a sentence. You know, that was my mindset when when I first started having mental health challenges with the anxiety, with the depression, I felt like that's a life sentence. That's it. But there's, you know, it's not. <laughs> there are treatments out there, isn't there? And the majority of um, mental health cases can be treated. 
So even yeah. when you get to the stage that you've now got a condition and you actually have, you know, you're being medicated for this, you've still got something that can help that. Yep. I've got friends that are bipolar and, you know, they've had bad experiences with bipolar. Now they're on their medication. It's given them a bit of a lease of life again. So their world hasn't ended. It just means it's managed in a different way to what yep. they like. Somebody who's just experiencing burnout or stress at this moment in time. Everybody has a different um, solution that helps them. And I think, like you said, but if you don't know where to find it, you don't know who to talk to, that solution's not even coming into your head, is it? There is no way out of it then. No, not mm. at all. Like for me, I was always just very open to it. When I got into my late teens, early 20s, I was like, there's something not right here. And I was like, right, what's the options? Because this, yeah, I've got to get out of my head. So I kind of like actively went and looked at it and went, because you've got, like you said, you've got the, the roots, you, there's doctor, there's there's medication, but there's also kind of spiritual roots, which I've actually Absolutely. gone down that route, which as a, and I've got a lot more from it than that. But it's also very personal, isn't it? It's a personal journey. And I, I like the fact that you was aware of it. And this is the, the thing that a lot of people are, are unsure of is they're not aware the fact that you was aware that actually, do you know what? Something's not feeling quite right here. Maybe I need to get some support. That's massive. That is really massive. And, and, and yeah, like you said, because you was able to take control of that situation and you was able to put something in place that was going to benefit you. And if the spiritual path has worked, then fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I know it helps me. So I'm spot on with you there. I'm one of the people that are massive on the law of attraction. I'm right in the present moment. I like to show a lot of gratitude. And I think that's why my purpose has changed, Ash, to be fair. It's because it's about sometimes it's um you have to leave this world in a better place than you find it, mate. And that's my whole intention now. It's just a little bit different than before. I was probably more of a chase. It was more financial chaser for me. It was obviously about success was in that way. Whereas now for yeah. me, success is actually, do you know what, what difference can I actually make now? What impact can I leave? You know, what impression is left behind of me? If I went tomorrow, I'd think, well, at least I've tried to do something positive in this world. So, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, this a, is... If all we all did a little bit of that, a little bit of a section of the world would be a nicer place sometimes, wouldn't it? Yeah, a little bit more understanding and compassion, empathy, whatever we want to call it, I think definitely would, yeah, create more space for, for other things. For sure. Empathy For sure. is spot on there. That word that you've used, and I think that's the difference, isn't it? People don't expect you to relate just to be a little bit of empathetic towards them. You know, they don't expect you to have all the answers just to be a bit compassionate and just listen. And that's it. See, I remember a conversation I had probably six months ago with a refugee, actually. And she just needed to talk. And I had absolutely no understanding of what she was saying. You know, I couldn't even imagine it. But just being there, having that space to just let her boom, just get it out was what she needed. And I was like, I said, that's what I can offer you because I have got no comprehension <laughs> at all, no mental framework or context to to kind of like even, yeah. But you see it, it was just a different behavior just by you doing that. And the way she, you know, she was obviously feeling because this is this is our mental health, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. our thoughts lead to the way we think, feel and behave, you know, to have somebody just listen to you and you just to feel like, do you know what? Somebody's actually just heard what I've said then. Because don't forget, a lot of the time when you, 
I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable about having these conversations and it doesn't always have to feel heavy. You know, this is the mm. like, thing I like to make a point of. Keep it light, you know, talk yeah. random stuff. You know, you don't want somebody to feel uncomfortable anywhere. That's the whole purpose of it. So you're meant to just be having that normal conversation and slip in a few of these things while you're having that. You know, yeah. it's not a bad thing to do. It just makes it feel like it's quite a natural conversation. Yeah. People will open up a hell of a lot more then. They're not going to be on guard as much because, you know, they've already felt comfortable in your presence and that's exactly what you've done with that person. But you're probably the first person that probably asked if she was okay. You know, that's the difference, isn't it? You never know. Somebody, don't feel awkward about asking somebody, are they okay? Do they want to talk? Is there anything they want to talk about? I never feel uncomfortable about that because a lot of people don't, a lot of people shy away from them conversations because they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, that's so true. What do I do? What, what should I say? A lot of people, you can just tell, you know, or whether I don't know whether this is just a projection or you. But no, I think you, I think you can just tell, you know, like if people are uncomfortable about, oh God, no, no, don't, 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 I don't want to talk about it. They just kind of disappear and shrink away from you. No, you're spot on. And do you know what? I think probably five years ago, Ash, I've always been a kind person, nothing like that. But like I said, I think my motivation was for different things back then. So would I probably have been as aware of somebody's behaviour or their emotions half time? Probably not. You know, would I have been able to have these conversations back then? Probably not. Mm. Because I wouldn't even have been aware of the situation, if that makes sense. Whereas now... Yeah. I look at it and I'm fully invested in this now. I'm so aware. You can pick it up. You can pick up a vibe when you walk into a room. It's a negative vibe, can't you? But when, oh, now yeah. if I'm around somebody and I can sense there's something not right, do I feel uncomfortable having these conversations? Not at all. You learn so much from people anyway. Having conversations with people is never a bad thing. I learned so much. I went into Sainsbury's the other day. Like My daughter tells me I talk to everyone. I, <laughs> do. I do talk to everyone. But this lady was there, she was from South Africa, and, um, you know, I'm intrigued to learn about people, you know, yeah. I'm in there for a good five minutes while I'm packing my shop and just asking her questions. You know what, I walked out of that shop, know more probably about that woman <laughs> than a lot of people I know. And it was just, do you know what, at the end of it, she actually said thank you to me, and it was nice just somebody asking her how she was or, you know, how she's adapting, you know, living in the UK. She's only been here two years. It's, it's all those things, isn't it, where... yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's just nice, mate. That's what I mean when you make that little bit of an effort. And, and those little things make a difference as well, haven't they? A friend of mine, actually, we were having this conversation about how, like, post-pandemic and everything, like, I'm an ambivert, so I've got very strong introverted and extroverted tendencies, and the introvert, because of the um, pandemic, took over okay. completely. So I wasn't going out and socialising so much. So my friend tasked me with micro-conversations. She said, right, every time you go out, like if you talk to the coffee shop, don't just not just like hello, how are you? Like actually engage. Yeah. And and the one thing I noticed, you know, it was just that you can just sense, I mean, they're they kind of like they're in almost kind of automation mode when they're at the counter there, you know, they're in there, what's your order? Bang, done it, sorted. But the moment you just ask them a question, like like yesterday I was in the coffee shop. I could just see the guy was stressed and I could see that they were understaffed. You know, anybody who paid any attention could tell we weren't having a good day. So I was like, looks like you're having fun. And that just straight away, it just brought him out of that. You could just see a change in the fact that he had 
he had he had like literally I think it was a two minute conversation. He got to vent a little bit and he just felt better. You could and this just is tell. what I'm saying to you, Ash. Sometimes that's all people need is just someone just to just be quiet and just listen to them. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? And then it's like, right, like for him, it was like, right, I've had that little bit of a moment. Right, let's move on now. Sometimes that is all it takes. And, and that's it. I love that. And do you know what the law of attraction says anyway? Every, this is why I'm very similar, like what you're saying. Every time I go into somewhere like that, I will talk to someone. I will try and change their emotion if I can. Because especially when you see if they're stressed or something, because especially in hospitality and retail and things like that, is obviously a hell of a lot of pressure that comes with that. It doesn't take a lot why somebody's serving you to have a little bit of a chat with them, a little bit of banter and leave on a lighter note. Yeah, yeah, it made all the difference. I know back in the day when I used to work in that that sector, it just made such a difference, you know, especially when you were like completely in the zone and then somebody pulls you out of it with some random joke. You're like, <laughs> there it is. I like that. I like that. And and that's the thing, you know, like you said, it it can just be that simple simple thing that simple message the fact that somebody acknowledges you or, or somebody creates that space just for you for one minute even just to articulate and say it out loud and i think that's also something worth exploring i did a post the other week and i'm seeing an increasing amount of small business owners solopreneurs doing this and actually kind of putting stuff out there and going look i feel crap mm-hmm I said, I was going to have to play Frisbee with my laptop. I just had enough. Mm-hmm. And I put it out there and then immediately that created space. Just the action of articulating that diffused it straight away. Mm-hmm. And then engaging with people going, yeah, I feel the bloody same. Because people can relate. Yeah. When people can relate, it makes it feel a bit more normal then. When it, something makes it feel a bit more normal then, it doesn't feel as bad to talk about it then, does it? Because yeah. you were the brave person that stood up and actually said it straight away you'll get a flock of people that will flock towards you because they'll say yeah now it's okay to talk because ashley's put it out there and it's and it's okay to talk about this now and that's all it takes sometimes isn't it this is why for me when i go into workplaces ashley and i can speak with managers or leaders on this level and it's like shake it up people these people look to you for direction yeah so direct them in the right way it has a ripple effect you know if you're walking in and you're putting so much pressure and KPIs and stress and all that onto them. How do you expect your team to feel like they're going to be able to achieve and perform at their best if they're feeling shite? Let's be fair. You know, you've got to take this into consideration, haven't you? So having managers and that with a little bit more of awareness is never going to be a bad thing because it's going to make them think about things before they actually ask somebody to do it. And when you have to think about something, you have to then like decide actually is this the right way that i want something to come out and it's not hard is it It takes a little bit of time just to yeah change your wording you know awareness is massive mate absolutely massive and i think if you start with that all the time you'll get such a different response you want engagement from your staff yeah engage with them then (laughs) it's not hard now people i see and i think is this just me or you dim like seriously like it's it's really not it's simple maths, let's be fair. It's yeah. not hard. If you, you want a return on your investment, get out there and work for your return on investment. Put the effort into your staff. They're your yeah. biggest assets. I just It makes no sense to me. You want them to perform for you at well. You want to be them more productive. Then give them an incentive to do that. Give them a space where they're going to feel supported and there's going to be a culture that's created from it. Yeah. It, it, you can't. And you know what it is? I think a lot of people at the moment are tick boxing. 
get somebody oh, yeah. into a workshop tick box, get some mental health first aid tick box. Well, how has that carried on? How has it continued? You know, sometimes a quick, simple fix doesn't always fix things. You know that prevention is better than cure. Surely creating this awareness, first of all, having some kind of strategy in place that your team will feel like this is the place they want to work. Yeah. I'd rather be raved about for that as a leader than one that's constantly moaned about because you don't give them any space to breathe at all. Oh, I'm with you on that. There's always been this short-term mentality, hasn't there, really, regarding, and that tick box. You know, there's countless initiatives over the years that have been like, right, yep, okay, we tick that box and then we can put a plaque on the outside of our building saying, you know, we're investor in people or we've got specialist mental health. And, and it amazes me it still happens today. I mean, you know, there's management theories and motivational theories that are older than me and you probably put together. That, that This is not new stuff. This is stuff out there that's like, if you look oh. after your staff, <laughs> you will get good results. Is that anything? I say to people, if you've got a car, like let's be realistic about it, you don't fill it with petrol or you don't maintain it, you don't put air in its tyres, it's not going to perform very well, is it? It's exactly the same with a person. You can't expect somebody to rock up at work, not feel supported, give them untold pressure at work, and then they still expect them to be as on their game as when they first walk through the door. It's not going to happen. It's yeah. really not and I'm not saying not work hard. I think this is where people get confused. I'm one of these people. I'm on it. You know, I work hard. I'm an extremely hard worker. But it is having that balance, mate. And that's what I think people and everybody's balance is different. Yeah. Some people can tip one way or the other. So if you know as a good manager, you should be able to identify if somebody needs a little bit of extra help here or if they're struggling in this department or how to manage that person. That's what a good manager does. That's why we have management training, leadership training. I think identifying people's resilience and their emotional intelligence and things like that, these are things that can really shape a person at work for the better. But not only do you give them marvellous tools to use at work, you actually give them tools to actually better their, their life in general. Because don't forget, you know, we all go home, and you'll be the same, Ash, you can relate to this. I go home, I've got kids at home, I've got a husband, I've got a house, I've got so many other things going on, stresses, I get to work. I don't just switch off because I can't just switch off. I've had all this going on already in the morning. It's, it doesn't work like that, does it? No. If you give people techniques to be able to do that, then they get into work in a different mindset, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And it, it's just a win-win, isn't it? It's just a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for the management staff because the staff are there, they're engaged, they want to, you know, be there. The staff feel seen, they see, feel heard. And again, it's, yeah, it's just on. a win-win. You're spot on. And I think when you've got a, talking finances now, because obviously I can't get past this bloody point, um, <laughs> for every pound invested, a return of five pounds, are you for real? Like I, You have to shake people to realise this. Like You're not going to get a 400% return on anything else. It doesn't make sense to do that, you know? So it's, it's if it's telling you, the facts are telling you that, focusing on somebody's well-being and their mental health in the workplace and encouraging and supporting them, you know, you're going to get more engagement. You're going to get more productivity. People are going to perform better. Why are you not doing it? Because obviously they feel like it's not as much value. And this is yeah. where it's down to me now then to come in and produce this value. It's about me. To, it's down to myself and others that work in this area to say, look, this is what I can show works. Obviously, it's not always going to work for everybody, Ash, because like I just said to you, everybody thinks, feels and behaves in different ways, don't they? Yeah. So, but if you've got, if you can speak to somebody and identify what works with them best, 
I can tell you now you can put some kind of well-being action plan into place that's going to benefit them. If you want to retain your staff, start looking after them. How much money are people wasting on recruitment? It, it beggars belief. Oh, you can either sure. lose decent staff, people that you've trained and you've put money into and spent efforts into, you know, becoming you as a business. That's effectively what your staff are, aren't they? They're representing you as a business. Yep. And then you're going to risk that because you can't be asked to follow it up and spend a little bit of time supporting them. That makes no sense. Oh, we'll go and do that all over again and we'll get new staff in. We'll train them all up. We'll spend all this money again. And then you want to mind that you're not having return on investment. It doesn't... It, it, <laughs> Just stuck in some old, some very old yeah, know, feedback loops, right? Because you know, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm surely you're not that blase. You know, it's it's you've got to be on. You've got to be real with certain things, haven't you? You really do. And I think it all comes down again to that awareness and mm. the increasing awareness and the training and all the things we've already talked about. There's those people that or organisations that that up to this point they either didn't have the willingness to or didn't feel they had the capability to engage with this sort of stuff and there's managers out there that probably said no i don't know if you've ever heard this i'm here to manage not be a counselor um i can imagine there's people that feel that way i've never heard anyone specifically say that um but i can imagine there's something that feel that that probably feel that way there's a lot of people i'd say i, I spoke to somebody at the weekend and i've had people close to me actually in workplaces at the moment like big organizations they're not heard, man. They're not, they're not valued. If you want to know something that's not right in a workplace, then speak to your team. Like, <laughs> speak to the people on the ground. Seriously, it makes you can any manager's gonna tell you what you want to hear because they want to be hitting their certain, you know, KPIs. They want to be achieving, they want to look like the best in that division. When you actually speak to people actually in the workplace and ask them, are you happy at work? Do you feel supported at work? Is your workload too much? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you, you know. All of these things, that's where you're going to get the real answers. Mm. And I think a lot of uh, companies are good at sending these forms out and asking you to complete questionnaires and what they really do with them after. I, I really don't know. I'm sure they just probably sit on them for a while because I don't know anybody, especially the person I spoke to the weekend, nothing changes. So yeah. you can send out all these things, you get people's hopes up, but all it is, it's a, like I said, it's a tick box exercise, Ash. And that's unfortunately what I think, the world needs to change or considering stress is one of the biggest problems in the workplace considering mental health costs you know us uk companies well they say 72 billion pounds a year yeah and there's one in four people at the you know based on stats from two years previously that are suffering with mental health and you don't think it's an opportunity for you to invest into and shape up your company it makes no sense to me it really doesn't it don't <laughs> And unfortunately, you know, I'm probably one of these people that will call it out. But sometimes people need the facts in their face, don't they? Sometimes people actually yeah. really need to see the rawness of actually, uh, we could change this. We could actually have a team that is feeling like a cult. You create a culture at work. That's what I'm saying. If you can yes. create a culture at work, people are going to flock to you and want to work with you for all the right reasons. Oh, absolutely. I think there's, there's, I think there's this inherent kind of attitude throughout society certainly our society i don't know if this is true in every culture but this you know we're just one company it's not our problem it's society's problem we're just one company what can we possibly change mm. is that something that you come up against yeah i think people are stuck in their way sometimes and i think that's a lot of times you'll find this from 
managers that are probably a bit more old school. But I think the newer generation that's coming through now are very much aware of their well-being. They're very much consciously aware now that they might need to have some balance. They need to have a little bit of time out. They like the flexible working. I think COVID's definitely um, allowed that to happen, hasn't it? Giving people yeah. the opportunity to show that you can work from anywhere in the world um, and get the job done. The difference is now how are you being supported if you're hybrid working? And yeah. that's obviously because then it creates a whole other issue of things sometimes, doesn't it, where people are lone working and there's not having that supportive workplace if you something I it's not having those conversations daily with people it's not feeling that social interaction and that's why i'm saying to you every corner of well-being gets hit when certain things happen oh um, yeah you know and it's just making sure it takes nothing of a morning to have a quick conversation with your team every single one of them for the first half hour of your day if you've got a team of 10 or 20 people quit everyone right to have a little chat all okay you know what i mean it's just doesn't it's, it just makes people feel recognized and yeah. if you can have a little bit of recognition at work where people feel valued and appreciated and, um, like I said, that big word, supported, it, it makes a big difference, a big difference. Oh, I'm with you on that one. And you, and you raise an interesting point because this is something that on, on a personal level I have been coming to terms with over the last, certainly the last year. It didn't really bother me up until that point, but it certainly does now, is that social interaction. So, like, working from home. You know, there's there's an increasing amount of people because of various issues that got tired of the hamster wheel or whatever. They've started their own businesses. And a lot of them say it gets lonely mm. and not having that connection that you would normally have in the office that, as you mentioned, then can have a knock on effect into people's mental health and well-being because we're a very social creature. We are naturally built and hardwired to be around other people, no matter whether you say you don't like them or not. Um, it's one of those things that is inherent in our DNA. So what kind of advice could you give like people that are hybrid working or solopreneurs that are spending a lot of time at home? How can they support themselves? Well, there are options now where you can actually go to these co-hosting venues, can't you, where you can actually work with other people that are similar to you, um, and just be around other people. I think sometimes it's just a noise as well. Yeah. If you go to a place that, like I said, the opportunity for you to co-work with others, even you haven't even got to talk to that person the whole time. I think it's just a buzz of being around something different. It's it's not good for us. It, like I said, it's a fault thing. But you know, talk to other people. Talk to you know, talk to other people that are in the same boat as you. Really, I see lots of groups setting up now, especially on LinkedIn, where they're, you know solo entrepreneurs really and they're setting up groups where they, it's literally just a free group for people just to check in once every couple of weeks just to say hi and just to someone to vent to someone to chat to and there's no there's no obligation for nothing is there yeah you know it's just about just talking to others but get out in the day just go and have a little walk chat to people on the way like i think a lot of people especially when they work for themselves generally will isolate and tend to neglect their well-being because they're so sought after chasing chasing mm. the work chasing the money because obviously there's a lot of other factors and drivers that go behind it when you work for yourself you don't have yeah. that flexibility with someone else picking up the work do you? you've got to do it all yourself but i think you, it massively still need to make time for yourself in that process because if you are not performing well you ain't going to be no good to no one not to yourself not to your clients not to your family it's the truth 
it, yeah. it's very transparent when somebody's um not looking after their self it really yeah. really is it reflects in your work as well and you want to be on your a game all the time so you need to get out and have that little bit of time even if it's a a day off every now and then and just doing something with you know your family or some don't feel like you have to constantly hustle <laughs> yeah hustle grind is always there that word isn't it and i think people apply so much pressure and what they're doing is chasing the success probably that others have achieved doesn't mean yeah. you're always going to be able to achieve that everybody is very very different you can't compare all the time oh i'm with you on that i mean that's one of the things i see a lot online the oh you know i'm banging in the seven day week because you know it's hustle 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 it's like is that getting you where you want to be no, of course it isn't. And this is the thing, isn't it? And it's like, well, it depends what you value success is, what you value yeah. success to be. And for me, the reason I work for myself is purely, one, the flexibility. Two, I, li I like working. I enjoy it. What I do now, I don't feel like it's work. So, you know, I've, I'm very passionate about what I do. So it comes naturally for me. The conversations come naturally. But I still make time. If I need to... My nan rings me up and says, can we have a lunch for an hour? You know, I'll make that time because it's what I value. For me, mm. you know, my family and having that little bit of freedom is something that I do value. I don't think I could go back to work for someone ever, ever again, Ash. Yeah, I'm the same. I think, I, I think I'd find that very, very hard. Purely because I'm restricted and um, I'm limited and I don't like feeling like that. So if I want to work from 10 in the morning till six at night or from i start i get up at fives half five sometimes i'll get a couple of hours working before then just purely because that's when i function better you know so it's not a bad thing but then if i nip out for a couple of hours for a lunch or something like with somebody i'm not going to feel i'm not going to kick myself over it mate because we yeah. all need that little bit of self-care don't we we all need that little bit Massively. of time out and that little bit of a yeah just a bit of a breather and then you feel okay going again yeah i'm with you on that like you said it's all personal it's all very much like what's your success what works for you and look after yourself you know and in a way that, like, you you know, like you said it's only yourself that can identify it no one else can do it for you no one else has the answers but yourself and it is all trial and error and um yeah, just be a little bit kinder to yourself sometimes no, I'm with you on that. I think I think that could apply to to everyone and everything <laughs> areas of society right yeah, I think a lot of us always put ourselves down too much, you know. A lot of the pressure we apply is what we apply ourselves. And half the time, nobody else around us is even thinking these things. But this is yeah. the, the stigma side, what you were talking about earlier. This is the, the social stigma and the self, you know, the, the inner stigma that we all have. And, you know, unfortunately, there are people out there that will have opinions on things and assume that you're a certain issues or things you have because of, you know what is that they know about mental health and that's not always the case. And then like us as individuals, we don't talk about things because we worry about other people going to judge us. And that's the, the self stigma, isn't it? And I think we need mm. to get away from that. Yeah, I I'd rather so. be around someone who spoke up about something can actually know I'm being, you know, someone who's being honest and authentic than somebody who is, is hiding something because all that's doing to them is, um, like you said, it's them, it's that inner demon, isn't it? It's not good for them. No, thing. no, it eats you up. It eats you and up. It, and it, it leads to bigger things, you know, whereas I think if you've got anxiety and you can talk about that, it prevents it getting to the depression stage. Oh, Do you yeah. know what I mean? If you've got um, a low mood at the moment, you're just suffering with poor mental health because you're stressed and you're burnt out. If you speak to somebody about this or you actually try and get some help involved in that, 
it can stop it from progressing to the depression stage. You see what I mean? So it's just mm. creating, like you said, Ash, it's that massive awareness. Once you have awareness, you your whole mindset changes, mate, because you you look at things in such a different way and oh, yeah. you will actually probably start to be more sympathetic with people that you think look back and think, do you know what they were probably suffering at that point and I wasn't aware of that? Now I would know how to identify that and I would be able to see how they're behaving and people people were good at hiding things. I'd be aware of that now. So it's just all these things that you can take away from um yeah, swatting up on your knowledge a bit. It it does have that impact again on a personal level. I know just now when I like admitted, okay, there's an issue here and then started working on it and then did some training around it it's like you can just see it now like like you were saying earlier on in the call you just know mm. there's you, it, there's an energy or the i it's like i think i did a, i did a post like to for mental may on at the weekend um posted a picture and, and a little story about me and it's the like for me it was like the eyes the eyes were just dead and you there, there is that look when somebody's you know they might have a smile on but even the smile you can just tell you know whereas before it had been like oh they're smiling they're all good they're jolly they're all good you'd dismiss it just because you would not you were completely misreading the body language yeah and i think you're spot on i think it's um it's just taking that little time that little time to pick up on things rather than, and I think we're in a world where it's a bit of a rat race, isn't it? And everybody's mm. just, just ready to just crack on and get going. But it's taking that little time to just be a little bit aware of what's going on around you. And um, the difference that you can make is, is massive when it comes to that. It really, it, it really is. It's not a lot either. Like I said to you, Ash, it's really, it's really not a lot just to take a little bit of time out. Something oh, yeah. I really appreciate now more than anything that I think this is why I, I get it, why I do what I do. Because like, I was I was sort of counting, obviously, on one side, so I had the financial mindset, I mean, the financial well-being. Mm -hmm. It makes sense, right, I'm doing what I'm doing, I can relate the financial side. But I'm also a qualified fitness instructor. So okay. I used to teach classes, um, not for any financial gain, just because I enjoyed it. Like, I'm massive on motivation. I like to see other people just feel good about themselves. Yeah. And when I relate it back now, it's like every corner I've probably made, it makes total sense what I'm doing now. But the amount of classes I used to go to and the amount of people that would come up to me and talk to me after who had mm -hmm. been really suffering or struggling with certain things and um, just going to a class where they didn't feel judged at all, they could have fun, they could just forget about it for that moment in time. Yeah, and that's why exercise is a massive thing which you can really help someone because I know when I was teaching those classes, no matter how stressed I was or how anxious I felt, I didn't have time to think about those things because I was having to deliver a class. Yeah, and all the time I was having to deliver a class, my focus was totally on something different. So mm. it shows you that your faults can really, you can control anything you want to think and you can control your thoughts massively. Once you're aware of that and you can shift that, boom, that changes the way you think, feel and behave, mate. And that's it. And that's it. And that's why I love it now because if I'm in a crappy mood, I know I've got about 15 seconds to snap myself out of this before it manifests into an emotion. Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. So I'm fully aware of that. So if I've got something on my brain, I think I shouldn't be thinking of this. I'll just change my mind, like mindset, like, I'll start doing my shoelace up or something <laughs> random where I've got to change my focus or I'll think of another thought that I have to really suppress what I was originally thinking. 
the good thing is then that thought's a bit back in my mind now. It's not as, as forefront, which means that I haven't got emotion attached to it. Straight away, my, my actions are not, you know, being manipulated in any way. And that's the, yeah, you can teach people that. And that comes with mental health. You learn this when you when you learn mental health. When you become yeah. a first aider, you learn these things. You identify that your thoughts are massive. They really oh. are. Oh, absolutely. It's an energy. I mean, coming back into the spiritual domain, it's an energy thing, isn't it? We, you know, where well, kind of where your thoughts go, mm. you know, it, it manifests. And oh, of course. You, you yeah, know. and that probably frightens me more than anything else because I think I'm not allowing that to manifest. Thank you very much. Let's change yeah. up that thought process. So I'm aware of it so much. I change it. Yeah, and it's having that that ability to change change the narrative, and I think that's a very powerful thing a powerful gift that that we can all give ourselves yeah of course of course and um something that you will equip yourself for the rest of your life as well once you um it's something you take in every walk of life ash don't you you oh, really absolutely. really do oh yeah, absolutely really do. absolutely so we're coming towards the end of our time together today so if there is anybody out there that would like to get in touch with you and hear more about your workshops or ways that you support them how can they do that they can reach out to me on linkedin come and find me Kirsty birch or work it well i have both pages on there uh, workshops mental health first aid training programs anything like that just hit me up and it, do you know what even if it's just a question that you need some support with some help with some directing some signposting i'm happy to help i wouldn't um never turn anybody away who needs my help awesome awesome all the links to kirsty's uh linkedin and uh, work it well will be in the description for this post and also for any of you on linkedin follow hashtag mental may this month for loads of uh posts and ideas and tips to support your mental health so just before we ride off into the sunset i've got one final question that i always ask and that is what is your espresso shot of confidence for Ooh. our listeners what is my espresso shot of confidence just be yourself mate boom be <laughs> yourself and um, yeah trust yourself more than you trust anything oh, i love that i love that. It always makes a difference there nothing can ever get in your way if you trust what you do you believe in yourself Opinions don't matter then, do they? Boom. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Thank you very much, Ash. I've loved coming on and, um, yeah, I'm in my element now. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I, I, absolutely. It was that I passion we were talking good, about. Actually. I've been quite content. I still talk for England, but... Um... <laughs> uh, it's all good. We need to be talking more about these subjects. So absolutely. go for your life. Go for your life. So brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cool. And an awesome thank you to you, our listeners, wherever you are in the universe. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening and watching this to get notifications of when the next episodes drop. So all that is left to say before we ride off into the sunset is, as always, don't forget to be awesome. <laughs>